Herzlich willkommen to the Syncopated Sisters. This podcast will celebrate and highlight the women who were active in the creation and development of blues and jazz. You will hear about female musicians, composers, bandleaders and more. There will also be interviews with female artists from the jazz and swing scenes of today. I'm Nina Thaler from Berlin, host and creator of the series. Enjoy listening. The Syncopated Sisters not only stands for this podcast that you are listening to. No, it is much more. It is an idea of sisterhood, which I believe is necessary. Yesterday, today, tomorrow. There will be one or more episodes going deeper into the topic in the future, explaining discussing or researching why it is important to create a space for flinter, which stands for female, lesbian, intersexual, non-binary, trans or agender. So basically, everyone that is not a cis male. Like I said, more about that some other time. Today I would like to shortly summarize the Syncopated Sisters' residency, which took place in Berlin for the first time, recently, in March 2023. The Syncopation Society hosted the event that aims to connect female musicians within the jazz and swing community in Europe. The residency offered workshops, talks and activities that provided space for music, exchange, networking and feminist perspectives. We did workshops to female empowerment and band workshops. On the final presentation concert, we celebrated to have about 30 women on stage performing music. A very rare treat. The idea was not only to create more visibility for women on stage, but also to highlight female composers, arrangers and lyricists. One of the workshops concentrated on compositions and arrangements by Mary Lou Williams. For more detailed information about Mary Lou Williams herself, you can listen to the previous episode dedicated to her. Now it is time to celebrate her music. In the following, you will hear a text by Katharina Wegner talking about the repertoire of Andy Kirk's 12 Clouds of Joy by Mary Lou Williams. Six songs out of that series were rehearsed and performed at the Syncopated Sisters Residency Celebration Night. Now you will hear some background information about the songs and you can listen to songs performed by the workshop band. Exclusive stuff. Thank you very, very much, dear sisters, for participating in the residency. It was very heartwarming and empowering indeed to have you. And thank you, Katharina, for your text. It is based on the text The Recordings of Andy Kirk and His Clouds of Joy by George Burroughs from 2019. Parts of the text are direct quotes from the book. Other sources are Linda Dahl's Stormy Weather and Wikipedia. <laughs> ¶¶ 
The repertoire chosen for the workshop is based on transcriptions of six songs from the first recording sessions Andy Kirk's 12 Clouds of Joy ever made between 1929 and 1931 in Kansas City, Chicago and New York for the label Brunswick. With one exception, although Cloudy was recorded during those sessions, we chose a version of it that stems from a recording made in 1936 for Decca, and that differs a lot from the songs in the first recording sessions. Mary Lou Williams wrote the original compositions of two of the chosen songs, Messerstomp and Cloudy, and played piano in all recordings. She is also most likely the arranger of all songs in the repertoire. Although Mary Lou Williams had already been active and successful as a musician for years, the 12 Clouds of Joy were her starting point as an arranger. The all-black jazz band is not as well known today as the contemporary bands that were led by the likes of Count Basie, Louis Armstrong, Earl Hines or Fletcher Henderson. But the Clouds of Joy competed with these groups and enjoyed a similar high profile during the later 1930s and 1940s. After their first recordings in 1929 and 1930 for Brunswick, they grew popular as they epitomized the Kansas City jazz sound and were the second Kansas City big band to achieve national renown, along with Benny Moten's band. In 1936, they signed to Decca and made scores of popular records until 1946. In 1936, they had a big hit with Until the Real Thing Comes Along. A rewritten version of the original composition by another female composer. Alberta Nichols. It was sung by Fat Terrell, who contributed a lot to the band's success with his high tenor voice, similar to the later falsetto voices of the Ink Spots and the Platters in the 1950s. In 1931, the band also worked with Blanche Calloway and made recordings for Victor, under the name of Blanche Calloway and her Joy Boys, as they were still under contract with Brunswick. Blanche Calloway is another little-known female singer, band leader and composer of the area who had a major influence in the style and career of her little brother, Cap Calloway. Calloway's manager tried to engage the 12 Clouds to become her constant backing group, but the orchestra stayed loyal to Kirk. Andy Kirk, who had been a saxophone player in the band, took over the leadership of the orchestra in 1928 29. His fellow musicians elected him to be the leader, probably due to the fact that he had already started investing in the development of the orchestra. The band had been previously hired by a management company that until then only worked with white bands. So to make matters clear, the band had to change their name to Dark Clouds of Joy. But Andy Kirk changed the name back again as soon as he became the leader of the band. He also added another horn player, which made the band 12 musicians, thus 12 Clouds of Joy. The good and steady engagements provided by the management company led to the possibility of regular rehearsals and the band could develop together and started arranging as a group. Andy Kirk, who had an education in music theory, took it upon himself to arrange for the band 
before he even became its leader. Not all of the musicians in the band could read well, but together they found ways to make it work. Andy Kirk. With our four steady locations, we could rehearse regularly and build up our book. Many of the tunes we played were head arrangements. By putting our talents and ideas together at rehearsals, we developed a style that dancers like to dance and listen to. We were pulling in crowds and pleasing our bookers. And we soon became Northeast's number one band. When the clouds landed the record deal with Brunswick, they were supposed to record for the so-called race record section, thus to cater to a black audience. Somewhat ironically, that meant providing what the white producers at the white record label decided were typically black music elements. So despite the stated race-appropriate agenda of race records, the music issued on such discs actually represented white-determined stereotypes of black musical tastes rather than wholly authentic expressions of black musical culture. The structures that supported the making of such records were inherently racist. However, most of the output of the 1929-31 recordings were later published not as race records, but popular records. At that time, when the band got the record deal with Brunswick, they were first and foremost a dance orchestra catering to polite white dance audiences. They don't even necessarily play just jazz, but waltzes and ballads, etc. Back then, Mary Lou Williams wasn't a member of the Twelve Clouds, but associated to the orchestra through her husband, John Williams, who was a saxophone player with the band. She often was the band's designated driver and was called on stage if they needed a piano player to fill in late at night for sessions or to heat up the crowd with some ragtime piano. When the pianist, Marion Jackson, didn't show up for the first audition at Brunswick, he was somewhat of a ladies' man and apparently busy otherwise, they called Mary Lou Williams to fill in. After those first recordings, Brunswick insisted on her staying on as a pianist for all recording sessions. But it took until 1931, when Marion Jackson had a car accident that incapacitated him, that Mary Lou Williams became a regular pianist for the orchestra's live gigs too. She stayed with the band and her husband until 1942 and was a huge part of the success of the band. So back in 1929, the Twelve Clouds needed a new repertoire suitable for the race records productions at Brunswick and that's where Mary Lou Williams came in as an arranger and composer. She was busy in the Kansas City music scene and heavily influenced by Benny Moten's style. She could offer exactly the repertoire that the band needed for the recordings. And vice versa. The band was a great opportunity for her. Andy Kirk was a supportive leader and teacher, and she learned about music theory and arrangement from him. Andy Kirk was never an outstanding musician or arranger himself, but encouraged a vital culture of mutual support and camaraderie in his band that also helped the musicians to cope and develop within the racist cultures that they experienced. In the mid-30s, at the age of 25, 
Mary Lou Williams was already the musical mastermind behind one of the nation's best swing bands. Andy Kirk about Mary Lou Williams. From the start, she wanted to write arrangements. She would have certain chords in her mind, but she didn't at first know how to voice them. She had a good ear and tried to write down what she heard. If she wasn't out all night at the jazz clubs in Kansas City, listening and getting ideas, she'd be sitting up on the front of the bed, legs crossed like an Indian, just writing and writing, while John was sleeping. Sometimes she'd stay up all night, working with her arrangement. She'd try one thing, then another, get mad and start over. Mary Lou Williams about Andy Kirk. He would sit up as long as 12 hours at a stretch, taking down my ideas for arrangements. And I got so sick of the method that I began putting them down myself. I hadn't studied theory, but asked Kirk about chords and the voicing register. In about 15 minutes, I had memorized what I wanted. That's how I started writing. My first attempt, Messa Stomp, was beyond the range of half of the instruments. But the boys gave me a chance and each time I did better, until I found I was doing five or six arrangements per week. Messer Stomp is an original composition by Mary Lou Williams and the first arrangement for the band she ever made.
Stylistically, we find the 1929-31 recordings between the head arrangements and polyphony of New Orleans and blues-based music to written arrangements and section parts that led the way to the big band era. And there's another in-between that best sums up as between sweet and hot. Andy Kirk's band played with elements of the two stereotypes of sweet, white commercial dance music and hot, authentic black music. Balancing their musical style between what was expected of them from the white dance audiences and from the label wanting to market black music. Hot jazz was figured as a highly modernistic mode of an essentially improvised and authentic black expression, whereas sweet jazz was painted as a derivative commercial form most often performed by white dance bands and featuring readily indulgent emotional and or physical appeal rather than challenging artistry. Kirk didn't buy into those unwritten rules what a black and a white band should sound like. He was never comfortable with black stereotyping though and resisted them by signifying on them in stylized and entertaining ways. The in-between between sweet and hot didn't only lead to a very high stylistic versatility of the band, but also led to their very own style.
The recordings 1929-31 are decidedly more on the hot side. But by the time the band were heard again on records in March 1936, the whole character of their music had already changed to embrace swing. The 1936 recording of Cloudy is a good example for this. Cloudy was probably also the theme song of the band. As with all productions, this podcast could only be realized because of a team. 
in this case, a wonderful group of female distributors and supporters. Thank you all for encouragement, help and advice. Special thanks go out to Anne Borchers for playing the bass, Andrea Ramirez Ruiz for the visuals, Zoe Langdell for mother tongue support and François Perdriou for mixing and mastering. This podcast is part of the Swinging Europe Network and co-funded by the European Union. Thank you for listening. If you have any kind of feedback you want to share, be it a suggestion for another female musician to be represented here, something you feel that is missing, you want to discuss, whatever it is, feel free to reach out to me via email to nina at syncopation.de And remember, every day is Women's Day. Yes, babes. Bye-bye and Tschüssikowski.